Graphic design empire. Take control of it. Do you know what? These are really great questions. If you want it, you're just going to find a way to get it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today on the show we've got Katie of Creative Boom. Katie uh, is a founder of Creative Boom and I'm, as a reader of Creative Boom myself, it's great to hear the story behind it and, and how it's grown. Katie's story as well, starting off as a radio newsreader. We also chatted after the podcast, got tons and tons of advice of how to how to build up Creative Waffle and how to build that platform up, uh, which reminds me, creativewaffle.club is now launched, the new website. Uh, we're building it, it's still going, it's still on building and it'll take a long time to get all of the, the blog posts and all the podcasts up on that platform. Um, We've got some really good stuff coming on there, especially the newsletter. That is new. That will be coming uh, this week. This is the start of the new newsletter. We're giving away a a book. Uh, So we've got a book giveaway on there. If you sign up, you'll be entered to it. Uh, Anywhere in the world, we'll post that. So that's go and check that out, creativewaffle.club. But on with today's podcast with Katie of Creative Boom. I hope you enjoy it. Ready when you are. Cool. I mean, I guess I could just say it's going because... um, yeah, and like your podcast, I really like about it. It's like really nicely produced as well. Like a lot, a lot of podcasts I find uh, really nicely produced, and like they sound like they're in your ears. And I think with this this podcast being a lot of it online, um, you don't really get that feeling. You don't get as much of a um, sort of in your head experience, and I, I really like that about it. Um, so yeah, is that what you do? Is it do you do you record a lot kind of online and and not sort of face to face? Yeah, I mean, we we did a, a sort of a podcasting tour around the UK uh, at the end of last year, and that was amazing. I mean, it, obviously the interaction in the face is face to face is amazing as well. But you get more of a feel for the, for the person. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it, most most of it's online. Yeah, just because the ease of it, it's just so easy. Yeah, yeah, and also it doesn't cost you a lot to to get around, does it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've been. I've been, I used to be a radio journalist, but um, ah. that was that was seventeen years ago. So. Um, everything's changed. I mean, the technology's not come on that much, actually, in terms of what we used to record audio with. But, um, yeah, I was a bit clueless. I thought I was going to be able to pick it all up really quickly and do all my own editing. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I've um, I've outsourced the editing part to a really nice guy called James. Nice. So, so he sorts out all the episodes and makes it sound awesome, which is great. But, yeah, it is really tough getting good audio. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean hopefully this one will be okay because we're both recording away from zoom as well like zoom does i'm hoping zoom's gonna be like a backup so uh yeah. <laughs> people are don't listening. worry <laughs> i don't mind doing it again if if something goes wrong because that's happened to me a couple of times yeah oh, nice that's good to hear um, hopefully it won't but yeah uh, if you're listening to it it didn't go wrong there you go um <laughs> so i guess we'll start off with uh yeah how you got how you started uh, creative boom um just sort of your story actually uh want to go like from the very start, I guess, like sort of education background. Yeah, sure. Um, gosh, <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird being on the other end of the, yeah, of the yeah. microphone. <laughs> well, I guess I can start by saying that I knew I always wanted to do something to do with writing. Um, I loved writing as a kid and making stories and I was very nosy, liked to find out about people. So I kind of naturally ended up going into um, journalism. I studied journalism at university at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston and didn't really do any work whilst I was there. I was too busy partying and doing things I shouldn't. Um, but, But it was great because it ended up leading to a job after graduating. I think it took me about 13 months to get um, my first job and so I went into radio 
Um, I worked as a broadcast journalist um, for a, a lovely little radio station in Stoke-on-Trent called Signal One. Um, threw myself in at the deep end. I was reading the news live after about three weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was uh, frightening. And they all come out, you see, when you do your first bulletin, which is terrifying. They all come out, the whole studio, all the kind of presenters, and they clap and applaud. And you're <laughs> like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so that was really nice because that was um, my grounding, really. Um, and then I went on and kind of moved like we do to get more money and progress and get promoted went to work for a company called Saga in Birmingham and was a broadcast journalist and newsreader there for about two or three years. And then things were happening to radio that um, kind of was really sad. You know, advertising revenues were going down, things were changing, something, little something called the internet yeah. um, was changing my industry. And it's funny because when we were in our third year at university, um, the lecturers for the very first time in our final year gave us the option as one of our final year options to um, study online journalism. They called it online journalism. And we, the broadcast journalists who'd chosen the broadcast route, not the print route, were all sort of snobbily laughing at the online journalists thinking, you're all idiots because this isn't going to last um, I mean, because we just had things like Excite and Yahoo back then and a little thing called Google was starting to become popular, which was great when you were 19 and wanted to look up things like naked men <laughs> and have all your innocence taken away. Anyway, so I'm going back and forth. So I, I was in radio and the Internet kind of disrupted what was happening and people were being made redundant. And I had a very lovely boss there called Colin Palmer who put up with me and because uh, I was a little terror and he uh, said to me Katie you went Katie you should go and uh, do PR because you'd be good at that and I think bless him what he was trying to do was save me from losing my job and get me thinking about how I can survive he was a really gorgeous lovely human being and I hope he's still around because he was the best boss I ever had anyway so then I went back to Manchester, cut a long story short, um, ended up falling back in with my uh, buddies from my hometown, which is in Stoke-on-Trent, and met Tom, husband Tom, kind of started going out with each other straight away, which is great. Actually, we'd been friends before that, but anyway, I, you don't want to know all about all that. And um, he kind of, uh, he helped me as well. He supported me. And I went into PR and worked for a big agency in Manchester. That was great. But I'm such a rebel and a pain in the ass that I said, right, I can't work for other people anymore. I'm going to go freelance. And that was in 2007. So you're starting to get a hint now at how old I am and how much work <laughs> I've had done. <laughs> Joking. Um, so, yeah, so I graduated in 2000, had five years of working for the no, sorry, seven years of working for other people and then went freelance and started my business. Then all was going well. Yay. And the global economic recession happened. Yeah. And I lost all of my clients overnight. It was 2008. We had a very cheap life back then. Our mortgage was tiny. Um, 
So we kind of could adjust. Thomas, my husband, he's a software developer, so his skills are always in demand no matter what happens in the world and in the market. So, but he said to me, Katie, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get a job because, you know, you can't, we can't live off your £400 a month, which is what I had left or something. So, uh, yeah, I just basically said, well, I can't do that because that would be hell for me personally. So what I'm going to do is pull my socks up and get some more PR work. So that's just exactly what I did. But when I was on Twitter, which was another new thing back then, and something I loved because it allowed me to make loads of friends online and it was like the good old days of message boards, that kind of thing. You're probably too young to remember those. Um, <laughs> I'm just about, just about to remember sort of like MSN, but I never really had yes. it. Yes! Kids had BBM, but I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I never had BlackBerry, so I, I wasn't on that either. Uh, I didn't have a BlackBerry. No, I always stuck with Nokia. Nokia, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, they were great. I mean, to put thing, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to put things in perspective, like at university, we were the first year to have internet in our uh, rooms, in, in the halls of residence. We were the first to um, move away in the journalism department to move away from actual physical tape, which you would have cut and then taped back together to create your audio tapes. We were the first to go digital. Um, so we had all this amazing new equipment. So it was brilliant. Um, and um, yeah, things back then, I mean, at university, I just had, I was one of the really lucky ones. My, my dad got me this uh, home PC. I remember carrying it in. It was the, the massive tower, the massive yeah. huge monitor. And I also had, um, the massive hi-fi system, you know, two speakers. <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like for students now. They probably just have a an Apple laptop, a tiny little um, iPhone. That's it, yeah. And that's it. They probably don't even have a television or they probably don't bother with a speaker because they've probably got advanced, amazing headphones. Anyway, um, <laughs> what was I talking about? I've gone off on a <laughs> tangent. <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to, to um, you being a radio, radio DJ, uh, radio, um, was it? yeah on the radio that's something I oh, wanted to do Go on. that's what I was going to say sorry so Twitter I made friends with people on Twitter and just to finish that little story off um I realized that I was lucky and a lot of people were struggling so I thought what can I do to give back I've actually got a lot of time on my hands now I know I will start a magazine and I'll call it creative boom and it was as simple as that I was actually on honeymoon and I sat up from my um you know, sunbed and just announced it to husband Tom, you know, long suffering hu husband Tom <laughs> and said, right, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to call it creative boom because the idea is I want to create a creative industries boom. I want to like get this industry going again, you know, over ambitious, overconfident, <laughs> probably thought, yeah, I can do that. That'll be great. And um, yeah, and the rest is history, really. And here we are again, facing another crisis. Yeah. But we'll come on to that. And you were we going will. to ask me something. No, yeah, we'll <laughs> definitely get on to that. Because um, it, it, like, it seems like a really good time to have, be having this conversation. And um, I've been doing a lot of research and, and stuff. And so I'm, I'm at the point where I've just got uh, like my real first real design job. Like, where I'm really excited about it. And then uh, I'll get a bit more money now. I'm still working from home and stuff like that. So I'm thinking about um, the future a lot. And uh, yeah, so we'll get on to that in a minute. But um the past going back uh so when you're on the radio that's something i've always thought about doing if if the uh if the whole graphic design thing doesn't work out <laughs> uh yeah why not 
Yeah. I was I was in the I was in my mum and dad's cul-de-sac. Um, we were all doing social distancing um, yesterday for Mother's Day, mm. and um, I was doing little workouts with the children. It was great nice. fun, and I thought, yeah, I could, you know, if if you know, I wanted to do something different. This is something I could do. I'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and then the one after that would be if if that failed as well, it'd probably be try and be a personal trainer or something because I just I, mean, I don't look like one at all and I'm nowhere near that but I have to get up there first but yeah <laughs> <laughs> something, something along those lines something that's meant to do with sport if, if the whole creative stuff doesn't work out but yeah but you know uh, radio that's, that's something that has is, is that led to you doing the podcast is that sort of something you, you thought about at all um, and no. how come you didn't go from the from radio to podcasting straight away as well well podcasting wasn't really around back then if it was you know it wasn't really a massive thing and I guess it was just easier back then to start a blog I kind of got up and running within a day my husband Tom put us on a wordpress theme and it was very kind of um, scrappy and organic and it was just a case of okay I'm gonna shove this out there into the world and see what happens and back then it was just like here's Joe Bloggs he's an illustrator here's some of his work here's his website check it out and it was just really kind of something I did in my spare time and it evolved and it turned into this monster and I added loads of things at one point we had a directory at one point we had a jobs board that we had tried to add loads of disciplines on there and and then I kind of thought oh I'm like trying to cover 10 different creative disciplines here and it's just me I better kind of you know bring it in a little bit and make it more manageable and it's been, you know, nearly 11 years of changing and adapting and growing. And the whole thing that you see now is because is from the result of learning and, and, and changing to what the audience wants and needs and what helps the most, I guess. And the podcast came about because about a couple of years ago, um, my dad sort of had a bit of a, a moment. I, I like to joke and say he was just doing it for attention and and you know trying to sort of like you know do his usual thing where it's all about him and uh yeah so he had a pretty bad heart attack um he's okay thankfully um we did think that he would only have a couple of months to live at one point so 2018 was quite a horrific year um and I was also turning 40 that year. So I had a bit of a midlife crisis and thought, oh my goodness, what's it all about? Um, and all my confidence and my self-esteem just out the window, kind of just felt really lost. Like I was out in the middle of the sea on a kind of raft and the water was coming into the boat constantly and I just didn't know how to sort of keep going really. And then... I kind of did a few things, made a few adjustments to my life, probably realised I'd been working too hard for 10 years because that's the kind of trap you can fall into if you have a side venture and you're running a PR agency and you've kind of done all these other things and you've never really given yourself enough time to, you know, chill. It catches up with you, you know. And so I thought, right, I used to really love radio and I really miss it. I'm going to do a podcast and I've been thinking about it for a couple of years but never really had the courage because this is the thing they don't warn you about when you're getting older all that kind of amazing 
energy and bravado that you had in your 20s when you didn't overthink anything you didn't go oh that could go wrong and oh this this might be you know something that doesn't work so what's the point you just go i'm gonna do it it's gonna be great you know all that kind of lovely um energy and naivety i suppose um well not naivety but you know what i mean it's kind of like definitely naivety yeah yeah you don't you don't think about all the things that could go wrong you just bit more optimistic and you think about all the things that could go right and you you just don't think about everything else so the podcast had always been there in the back of my mind in the last sort of I'd say two years three years and I thought right okay I've had this time to get over my midlife crisis I'm feeling a lot better my confidence is growing I'm gonna do a podcast and should I make it personal and I asked some friends I asked my family I asked a few like people I know in the creative industries, I said, what shall I do? Shall I call it, I don't know, shall I call it creative chats? What, what can I do? And everybody just said, just put it under creative boom and do it through that because it would be a great little extension to what you're already doing on there. And uh, don't overcomplicate it. And I don't know, before you launched your um, podcast, Creative Waffle, which is a great name, um, how long you kind of pondered over what you were going to call it, what theme tune you were going to use, what you were going to actually, who you were going to interview, what the themes were going to be. And I was going round and round and round and really stressing about it. So as part of my kind of healing process, because this podcast, Creative Boom podcast, sorry, to me represents a kind of step forward, I guess, in many aspects of my life. Um, I think... I kind of just sort of said to myself one day, I said, for goodness sake, Katie, don't overthink it. Just try and be 27 again. And what would Katie do 20? Well, okay, it's not that long ago. What would she do in 2007? How would she How would she do this? And I thought, right, she would go, okay, theme tune, right. Five minutes max, no longer. You're gonna pick something five minutes, that's all you're allowed, go. So I picked it in five minutes. And I've carried on this kind of routine when I record my intros. I say, right, you're only allowed five minutes to record your intro. And the whole point is those intros that I do might still sound like I'm a newsreader. They might be a little bit, you know, not perfect or polished. But I think when I took a step back and I said to myself, it doesn't matter, just do it because you'll get better over time and you'll get used to things. And it might change anyway, based on how people receive and react to the podcast. Just do it. Don't overthink it. It, it doesn't matter if you're not amazing at it. And when I gave myself that permission... I just I completely relaxed. It was it was a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think that I think a lot of people struggle with that sort of thing in, in not just podcasting, but all all walks of life is is they they stop themselves doing something. Um, yeah, they, it's, it's just sort of it's a self. I don't know, um, so like a barrier that we all put up ourselves, and then things don't happen. I mean, like you say, when you when you're younger, you've got less of that. Um, how how does that come in over time? Like, why 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 does that happen? Um, well, I don't think it's a, a general thing. I think 
I think it happens to a lot of us anyway, but I think it happens more so in the last 10 years because of social media. Mm. I think we're more on show. I mean, when they say that millennials, I mean, I'm a zennial, so I'm special. My, <laughs> my generation is betw between something like 1979 and 82 or something like that. And I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm not like a, one of these, um, you know, wishy-washy millennials. I mean, it's just rubbish, <laughs> isn't it? It's absolute rubbish. But there is a kind of um, change in how people are compared to the way we were at university in that people don't get as drunk anymore and, and people mm. potentially aren't taking any drugs. I mean, I, I didn't. <laughs> There's definitely still drugs being taken at university. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it was as much as in my day um i think i don't know i'm I've, i haven't got a clue but the, there's this kind of talk isn't there that yeah yeah that people are worried about getting as drunk as maybe they did 10 20 years ago because yeah. everything can be recorded now there's a lot more science and stuff behind it that come out as well like if you think about it a lot of uh, sort of research that come out into long-term effects of this sort of stuff mm. as well but uh, what, also what social media uh, no, getting drunk. <laughs> oh, getting uh, drunk. Yeah, and uh, well, and social media, but and sort of drugs and long-term effects of it um, come out. But um, but also, I think people are more open to because of social media and YouTube and things like this. People are more open to what they could be down the line. They could, they're more open to millionaires that are doing videos on YouTube or or, or people that are inspiring them. Um, they're a bit yeah. close. They feel a bit closer to, closer to that. So maybe that's maybe that's another reason why people are doing that as well. But showing mm. things, and it's awesome to yeah. see. It's really cool. I think also as you get older, you just kind of, you've been through a bit more of the ups and downs and you kind of become a bit weathered by certain storms, I guess, and you know what could go wrong and it's it's easy to become downtrodden, you know. Mm. It's like going out into battle as a young, innocent 19-year-old soldier and then coming back and looking like you've got, you know, wow, you've seen a lot, you know, it's that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got to try and kind of, maintain that young hopeful optimistic attitude and you do that by surrounding yourself with lots of really great positive people um making a life for yourself that is positive and as calm as possible i mean if there's any way that you can lessen um your exposure to negativity that's going to be great for your mental health it's going to stop you from overthinking things with your work it's going to kind of help you be a kind of rounded happy person um, yeah. i'm not necessarily suggesting people stop watching the news but definitely at the moment limit yourself to it because it's very scary <laughs> i mean yeah. it's not i don't think it i don't think we have a moral obligation to continue watching the news every day i think we're allowed to take a step away if we feel because i think this is another thing we do too much we're too hard on ourselves we don't give ourselves enough of a break. We're great with our friends and family, but we're not kind to ourselves. Mm. And, and that's an important point to make. So if you are finding yourself struggling at the moment, it's okay to just watch funny cat videos and um, go and do yoga in the garden. That's absolutely fine. And, and that should happen every day anyway. I mean, who doesn't love cat videos? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, my version of cat videos is a train guy, like, like you said earlier on, uh, Bob Mortimer. So oh, he's yeah. great. That soundboard that somebody's <laughs> made. I don't know who's done that, but yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was sending a few of those to friends last night. I actually wrote a script 
and did my own little video and sent that to a friend who was struggling um who's been struggling this weekend it's not been um coping with everything that's happening very well so i i've just been sending him my impressions of bob mortimer doing train guy <laughs> so that's quite so nice good. it's a great yeah. way to cheer people up that's good uh yeah so it's, it's been a journey these last 11 years um yeah and i'm wondering how, how long did it take before you sort of started seeing it take off and people in the community really were talking about it because in my mind it's, it's probably the biggest blog out there uh, for creative oh, well on. like one of the okay it's one of the top blogs for creatives out there um, <laughs> thanks <laughs> so and, and our podcast as well so when did you see it start taking off and when did people start talking about it um it we were really lucky actually um I mean I <laughs> poor Tom husband Tom every day I think for the last 10 years I've gone oh Tom there's another some people there's more people on on the uh online look at the stats now you know you just get a bit obsessed with them it kicked off pretty quickly because we were we were very much in the right place at the right time right and um there was an appetite for it back then just as there is now in terms of people coming together mm -hmm. the global recession had just happened and people were looking for for places of, of support community um, they wanted positivity. So from, from that perspective, quite unexpectedly, it took off. And it, the name was quite catchy and memorable. Um, so I think that helped. But definitely right time, right place. Back in the day when blogs were still, you know. But even then, I think we were about two or three years too late. I mean, there was a fantastic blog up until recently um, called Design Sponge. Um, and that's no longer, I think. I think I've that's been put on hold. Yeah, mm. I might be wrong there. Um, but uh, yeah, the, there have been there were so many great blogs, and I thought, well, there's I'm probably too late, but I'm going to do it anyway, and it'll be nice because it'll help with my kind of mental health, and if I can give a little bit back and support others and show them how to do their own PR and marketing, and get their name out there in front of this audience, then that's fantastic. So it took, I'd say, about a couple of months before we got some really solid figures. And then it's just been consistently growing every year. There's always been a spike. And that spike is always related to maybe a website update or a web design change. And then we've got more. This year, this last spike that we've had um, was related to the algorithm update that Google did. Because Google's always in the mission to um provide the best quality content not that i'm blowing my own trumpet but what i mean by that is it will always try and um, put uh, natural content above content that's being generated by maybe say an seo firm that's just trying to get higher in the search engine rankings it's after natural quality content all the time and so the latest algorithm change really helped us because we've always followed good practice and we got, gosh, within about a month, 60% more traffic, wow. which was fantastic. Yeah, it's great. But at the same time, I launched the podcast. So I'm not sure whether that had a sort of impact as well. Um, Surely it did, yeah, most of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been an amazing journey and it's very, very busy and there's constantly things going on and it's always changing. So it's... It's really difficult trying to keep up and, and figure out where the kind of 
you know, where the kind of big push came that made us get to that level of consistent, you know, um, visitors. I mean, now we're getting anywhere between 500 and 800,000 visitors a month on the website, which is quite nice going from like, you know, 50 a day to goodness knows how many. I think the most we ever had in a day was, I think it was pushing about 46,000 in a day. So that's nice. Amazing. Yeah. And and it's overwhelming because you've got to remember, this is just a little, I still see this as a little hobby, (laughs) a little side venture, even though I've turned it into a business and I make money from it. I do, but um is it your full-time now is that your full-time thing yes yeah yeah so what happened was me and husband tom we run a little business called boomerang and it came about because tom was working for himself since about 2003 as a software developer i went freelance in 2007 as a pr consultant and i was going out and winning work and then tom was already really busy And I would come back from meetings with clients and say, hey, Tom, I've got you a new website or hey, Tom, I've got you, I've got you something you can build in terms of like a tool or, you know, a new system for a company that needs a better patient management system. And he'd go, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) You're already too busy. So we found that we were merging. I would be doing a company's PR and marketing. Tom would be coming up with all these kind of really interesting ways to help them grow and then we just kind of decided to bring it together it made sense I mean it meant that we didn't have to have two separate accounts and you know just kept things nice and efficient and it all happened quite naturally and that was in about 2007 2008 when did we make boomerang I think it was 2009 oh gosh I can't remember now so long ago and um basically we grew an agency together in Manchester and had staff and kind of got to a point about three or four years ago where we thought can't do this anymore I mean that's the honest truth we just didn't like having staff or being on this you know big kind of treadmill I guess because the problem is if your heart's not fully in growing an agency to sell it one day or have it incorporated by someone else if that's not your true ambition if you really just got into this thing and you had no business plan, you just knew that you wanted to build something good and do something really great with your time and be proud of what you were doing and, and you know, make something together. But then it became this monster that just had kind of evolved into something that was sapping all of the joy and <laughs> energy out of you. Then you know that you've got to take a long, hard look at each other and say, right, we've got to change this. So we did that a couple of years ago. We were very lucky in that we were able to naturally downsize the business. And now it's just me and him again. And we run a very tight ship, very lean. So as well as Creative Boom, I'm also a PR consultant and work with a bunch of really lovely clients who are either in the sort of process of going through a massive growth phase, which is really lovely place to be because you get to be in at that like moment of time when yeah, it's all yeah. really super exciting they've you know they've got a really good business they've got loads of customers and they're now right how do we get to the next level and me and tom basically come in and go right this is what we think we should do and we're in there and as part of their kind of team so that's really exciting um 
What was the question again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just this is enjoy my it. problem. I just, just go on this. and on. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. It's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the question was, but yeah, just keep telling me the story. Keep telling me that. Yeah. what's going on. But that that's kind of how I operate now. So yeah. it the thing was, when I was growing the agency, Creative Boom was growing as well. And it was turning into this more commercially viable thing but I just didn't quite have the time or energy to kind of dedicate time to it. And there came a point where I just said to Tom, whilst we were having that conversation about what, how we wanted to structure Boomerang and how we wanted that to be going forward. He said, well, you've got to kind of put some more energy into this because it's a great thing that you've created and, and I'll fully support you. And I'll tell you what, we'll kind of streamline things a little bit so you can focus on that more. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to have to because look at all this kind of um, stuff that's happening. I need to kind of, I need, you know, I was desperate to just focus more time on Creative Boom. And I went through a phase about four or five years ago where I really had to, for the first time, go, OK, I've been running this thing for about five years. I've made a tiny little bit of money from it, but nothing to cover the amount of time and you know the kind of blood sweat and tears no nowhere near to cover the amount so I really need to think about making this sustainable but the thing I didn't want to do I, I just didn't want to put any adverts on there I just didn't want to change the feel of it which was a really lovely community and I didn't want to have lots of kind of crappy banner ads and oh, <laughs> or pop-ups we've never done pop-ups never done pop-ups well, although we something. Oh, they're horrible. And be and because of that, we've not um, really made the most of growing our, say, email subscriber list. You know, we've we've got 22,000 people on our subscriber list for wow. our newsletter, which goes out every Tuesday. But we've built that just by having it in the footer yeah, and yeah. never pushing it. I've never advertised it. I've never um, socially uh, promoted it. We've just let it sit there. Most of the time, probably, because we're just too busy creating content and supporting all these people. You kind of think, oh, yeah, we really must do that. And then we might sort of now and again in the kitchen look at each other and go, oh, should we put a pop up on the uh, site? Maybe something subtle that comes up at the bottom. And then we always just go, nah, I just don't want to do that. So about it was about four or five years ago that I started to really take it seriously Um there was enough traffic on there. There were things happening, people approaching us for advertising opportunities, sponsored articles, that kind of thing. So I had to have a long, hard think about how I was going to make it work. And so, you know, you create a media pack and you start talking to these people that are approaching your business. And then you start looking at other ways in which you can gain um, support and free up your time. So you might start employing freelance writers, which is great. And you bring your accountant in to offer support as well. So it's all these little things. But the thing is, Creative Beam, I've kept very deliberately small. I've turned down a lot of opportunities to make money because I just don't want it to become like that, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it won't make sense to a lot of people to, to hear that. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I don't see it as a business. If that makes sense, I see it as my absolute pride and joy. And yes, it has made money in the last four or five years. And yes, that's been great. 
Um, and yes, it's meant that I can concentrate on that fully, which is brilliant. Um, and it means I've been able to get in lots of support. We've updated the design and we've made it better and we keep trying to improve it. And it's brilliant. All that is brilliant. But I just never want to, I want to make sure we never lose that really kind of lovely couple of years when, when it started. And it was just, it felt like a community. And actually, just got some of that back recently. It's one silver lining to all this current crisis. I just started a, a forum um uh, yeah 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 and it's like it's like it's 2008 2009 again because we've used an open source open source off the shelf solution by discourse um we've got it up and running within a couple of hours we it was crazy it all kicked off on twitter i just said to people really naively and quite stupidly on friday lunchtime if you want to join this forum that we're going to do this weekend as a sort of private closed community, then send me your email. I'll add you on the list. I was there for seven <laughs> hours on Friday, manually adding email addresses to this list. Wow. That was, it was, the list was like, it got up to about 600. Wow. I just sat there all day with music on, just adding people's emails until somebody tweeted me and went, you do realize you can just create a forum, a type form uh thing and collect yeah. people's email addresses and i was like yeah oh yeah god what was i thinking but i guess you don't actually realize you're putting in 600 email addresses to a text edit file for god's sake so i did that and then that collected 900 email addresses nice. so by the end of friday we had quite a considerable amount i think it was like about coming up to 1500 people wanting to join this forum and then on Saturday morning, we launched it. And now they're all in there chatting, starting topics, supporting each other. There's a there's a thread about photographers, show us your best shot. And I'm just getting emotional and, uh, yes, annoying poor husband Tom by saying, oh, my God, somebody's just posted this lovely topic. Look at this. <laughs> Tom's like very lovely and patient. And I think actually he's enjoying it very much, too, because it's lifting our spirits. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're getting back that old school creative boom loveliness. Yeah, it must feel like a r really nice, pr proud moment. Like it's sort of almost like you've seen all the hatchlings and it all been numbers and, and that. And then now all of a sudden you've got a place where everyone's speaking to each other and you're yeah. actually seeing the actual human connection, which is cool. It's great. And, and seeing people perk each other up and yeah. just sort of try and make the best of, of things and... I genuinely think it's it's different to 2009 though. I think this is quite quite scary. Yeah. Um it's going to affect all of us. Um you know, one of the first things people do when uh, you know things happen to the economy is they cut back on their marketing budgets. So designers suffer, illustrators, photographers but the difference this time is that social distancing is happening and, and potential. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. It might be that we're on lockdown by the yeah. time people listen to this. Be, it might even be, well, it'll be this week, next week, this week, next week. Yeah. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm an introvert, so I'm used to staying in my, my lovely home and, um, you know, shutting myself away from the world. One of my favorite things on an evening when it's gone dark enough is closing the curtains. And I always sort of say out loud, closing the world, closing the world <laughs> out. Cause I love it. I just, yeah. But this whole thing is cause it's enforced and 
everybody's doing it to hear how quiet it is out there apart from sometimes hearing the lovely children in our street playing it's um it's quite frightening definitely mm. and uh, people are getting a bit hysterical in our sort of community it's it's people are very frightened and worried it's it's a weird time but i genuinely believe times like this you've got to look for the silver linings and people really kind of pull together um it's been a really big eye-opener as to how we run our lives and how we operate and if anything comes out of this it would be nice to see that remote working and working from home is accepted a bit more from companies and yeah just just we just don't know what's going to happen so we just got to try and make the best of it and how do you think it's Sorry, it's cut you off. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, how, how do you think it's going to affect the creative industry? Because obviously, obviously, like you say, we've seen a lot of people that are starting to worry about it. Um, a lot, like, mm. people have already lost jobs to it. People are companies are cutting back, and as you said, it's it's the creative people that get cut first. Yeah, um, I I don't know is the honest answer. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I can't compare it to the um, economic crisis ten years ago because. This is something that's never been seen in our lifetimes, and we you don't think know it's how bigger? long. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think people realise yet actually just yeah. how how much. It, I don't think any of us have really kind of let it process. We're all trying to sort of cope in our own little ways, um, and yeah, I, I, well, I don't know is the honest truth because I don't know how long this is going to go on for. It could be that it's just twelve weeks of social distancing and working from home. Uh, I know that the children probably aren't going to go back. Well, I mean, I hear this from my friends who are, have children, but I think they're saying that they won't go back now until September. Um, so yeah. it's it's never happened in our lifetimes, in, in peacetime, as they call it. So how this is going to affect our jobs, our livelihoods, the industry, the whole of the economy... Um, I mean, you only have to look at what the government are doing and putting in place to see that mm. it's, yeah, we can't sort of dance around it. It is pretty overwhelming and, and difficult right now. But the best thing I can advise is from what I know, and I'm just Katie, I I haven't got all the answers. Um, Katie, you've created boom. That's who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, I think... The only thing I know is that when things feel out of control and we don't know what's going to happen next, the only thing we can do as humans is stay in control of what we do know and what we can do. And for me, that is carry on as normal, start a start a project, another project that, um, that might help give back because I'm finding a lot of value in giving back again. It's lovely. It's like... It's, it's, you know, definitely giving me hope. And also, I would advise if you're a freelancer or if you work in the creative industries, start your own forum or Slack group, reach out. This is the time to not kind of shut yourself away. This is the time to reach out to people, make new connections. I um, started a new delivery serv- uh, subscription service this morning with a local... Um, they're a sustainable local uh, supplier of local produce and and uh, from local farmers. Yeah. 
So it's milk bottles. Do you remember those? No, you won't remember those. Yeah, yeah, we do. I did. We had those. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, so milk bottles. We're getting those now, which is great, and we're supporting local. I mean, why we didn't do this ages ago um, is beyond me, really. Um, but we are doing all these things, and I actually sent them a message this morning and said, "I don't know if you have any PR support at the moment." but I love your company and what you're doing and I would love to help you for free. I don't care if you have already got help and support and you're fine and you don't need my help. No strings attached, no expectations. It would just be lovely to get chatting. Now, of course, that might end up turning into something else in future, but that would be my advice. Don't use this time to feel down or um, think about all the things that could go wrong. Think instead of, all the things that could go right. This is the time to learn new skills. This is the time to take that time to read those books, get an online course, whether it's lynda.com or Skillshare. I think mm. Skillshare are offering some discounted um, access to their courses at the moment. Go on YouTube, there's loads of free stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on Creative Boom, listen to the Creative <laughs> Waffle podcasts because there's loads of insight on there and listen to my podcast too because there's you know we, we're only very new we've just had the th- uh, is it the 13th episode go out today with abby lossing she's an illustrator in new york that i managed to go along and see last month which was lovely just do anything you can to keep yourself busy and keep going give back to the community make connections and when this all kind of blows over um <laughs> we we will be hopefully in a much stronger place um I can't tell you how heartbreaking it is reading some of the comments on the Creative Boom chat forum. People who've lost contracts, lost their jobs, mm. they've lost, you know, their clients have just turned around to them and said, we're really sorry, we're not going to be able to pay your invoices this month. It, I, 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 if I was a billionaire, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is heartbreaking at the moment, but don't despair if you're in that boat. There are things you can do. There is government support, I think. There's more announcements expected this week. It's uh, self-employed people that I'm worried about, the freelance yeah, creatives. Absolutely, um, yeah. Have you got any ideas of what, what people are gonna do if, if they have lost their job or aren't getting contracts or aren't getting the deals, the jobs? Any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's really tough. I mean, from our perspective, we run um, two limited companies. One is Creative Boom and one is Boomerang. And we are um, we won't get the salary um, that some people will be getting because we're self-employed. Um, what we do have access to is a loan. So if our clients turn around to us and say, we're really sorry, we can't pay you, then that's when we'll probably access that um, as a sort of, you know, last last resort. Mm. We are definitely taking a mortgage holiday with Nationwide. Thank you, Nationwide. Um, and we have just cut back on as much as possible. We're really kind of battening down the hatches, so to speak, and um, trying not to get stressed. We keep giving each other hugs in the kitchen. And this morning we um, phoned some of our biggest clients uh, to have a really honest conversation and say, um, right, we want to help this is what we're offering. How can we do more? What's happening? And, you know, just find out what's going on and mm. see how they are financially. 
and um, that kind of allows us to plan. Um, what that's can other really people good, do? That's, that's a really good uh, bit of advice is, is to, hmm. to have a look at your own finances because a lot of creatives yeah. don't talk about this and it's an issue within our community, I think, um, about finance, finances and stuff. And that's something I've been trying to learn a lot about and, and maybe push a little bit on the podcast as well. Got a couple of yeah. videos about it. But um, yeah, uh, at this time, especially have a look at, because everyone says, oh, how can I make more money? by starting to you know start a shop or stuff but it's obviously realistically not going to be massive the first week um but what you can do straight away is look at your finances and cut back uh yeah. netflix subscriptions and stuff that uh, stuff you don't really need if you're going to need to survive if you need that extra bit of bread <laughs> or if you need uh, a bit of meat at the shop you know 10 pound a month that's that's netflix gone like you, you can buy a couple of bits of chicken i don't know yeah <laughs> it's exactly. important yeah especially this time is it is cash flow is is the you know it's the backbone of any small business um we all need money to live mm. and you know when you ask me what could people do I'm, I'm like well this is what all i know is this is what we're doing but if if all of our clients stopped paying us if suddenly no money was coming in then we have the option of taking a business loan an unsecured business loan from the government i think they're offering I, I, please don't quote me on this. They're offering quite a considerable amount, which is what most smaller businesses such as ourselves and, and freelancers won't need to um, access too much. I mean, you've got to kind of, we're thinking of it in terms of, um, have we got enough for a year? <laughs> That's yeah. what we're doing. We're actually well, looking that's, at each other. And, and, and we have because, you know, we, we save and mm. we're very lucky that we've been able to save. I mean, in our 20s, we were, we were skint. Um, you know not making a lot of money back then so it's only really been in the last sort of 10 years that we've been able to start really saving and yeah you know, and we, is... we left we left university with debt and yeah, had yeah. to save up for a house and you know all the rest of it and we were lucky I mean we we had our student loans back then were were not so uh, we didn't need to take out as much because our courses were paid for we didn't have to pay for them so we've been very lucky. Just, I think, our, again, like, look at my look at my life, like we were talking about before. Ours was the first, the last year to not have, um, what was it, grants. So I got, I got a grant because my dad went back to university um, at the same time as me. He um, retrained to become a teacher. Nice. So I got access to a, to a grant. So I was very, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but it's, even then, we struggled, you know. I think it's um, yeah something we need to talk about as a community as well at this time. And it's, it's like you say, it's opened people's up, eyes up to, to things that we could be doing better and improving. And now we've got this downtime, everyone should be thinking about the finances because that's a problem we all have. And uh, um, I'm, yeah, if I can ever give advice on on the podcast or help people that uh, help people from a small amount, and yeah, I'm going to. But yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, interesting time for the community and like yeah keeping together and doing more podcasts both of us and everyone that's doing more things and talking to each other and having FaceTime calls and stuff like that I think it's going to help um yeah what, what's I think the... it really will it, I think it really will I think what you're mm. doing is fantastic you're you're keeping positive and you, you're still doing your podcast and that's great and that's what you should do yeah I and mean, if anything I'm doing more of them so it's great um I mean I'm enjoying chatting to more people as well and trying to see different types of people I can chat to as well because uh, I know from the history of the podcast it's been very sort of 
white male and i realized that that's been a problem in the industry as well so uh yeah i'm trying to try and chat to more different people now um it yeah, wasn't, open, it wasn't on purpose. speak to more speak to more women no that's <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you're good you naturally sort of reach out to your own network i think initially yeah um but it's great that you're recognizing that that's brilliant yeah. i mean i was i was thinking that the other day um have i got enough women on because what i've had to do and then i forget that i'm also a woman because <laughs> that's only one one part of my identity right but i was like oh yeah i'm a woman maybe that balances things out but yeah we all think about this we we all want to make content that's inclusive and diverse mm -hmm. right yeah. of course we do yeah. we're good people um but yeah i was looking at my podcast schedule for creative boom which i'm keeping going right up until the end of june for season one and then i'm gonna just have a break mm. see where i'm at hopefully we'll be able to see each other again in september and october so i can <laughs> go out with my microphone again if not i'll have to adjust and you know what that is fine if we have to adjust we keep calm and we carry on but yeah, I was looking at my schedule and, and obviously um, I'd worked well in advance, but there were a couple, There's there's been about 10 interviews over the next two months that I've had to cancel. And I'm gutted because a lot of them were women, which was uh. gonna help me sort of balance out what was next. Because what I've tried to do is space it out, man, woman, man, woman. Mm and also try and get people from lots of different um, backgrounds and creative disciplines and all the rest of it. And the last four episodes are all men because <laughs> I've had to move things around, which I was saving for season two, but I've had to move them forward because, well, I, I interviewed a, a couple of fantastic pe people, but the audio messed up for some reason. So I'd rescheduled or I ended up, I was going to do an interview with a lovely woman called Tash Wilcox, who um, is a bit of a kind of local celebrity in Manchester in the Northwest, works for Hyper Island. She's amazing. And I booked this podcast room, turned up and it was all like lovely decorated with the kind of, you know, soundproof yeah, yeah. squidgy walls. Yeah. And then I closed the glass door, which it had and it overlooked this co-working space and it was really noisy. Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, oh no, that's not a soundproof room. So anyway, I'm having all these problems and I've had to reschedule. And now I'm going, ah, yeah, about that podcast uh, interview, we're going to have to do it. Um, never. <laughs> or, or online, <laughs> Whenever, which yeah. is really difficult to do to get the audio great, isn't it? To, to yeah. do these, like, as we said before we started chatting, but... Um, it yeah is, it's it's great that you're doing that um yeah i mean one day out. one day eventually uh hopefully it'll be, hopefully i'll be able to do them all in person but we'll see uh, the more money i'm earning the more i'm putting into it which is good as well so well uh, you have to i mean it's like me in the early days of creative boom yeah, I, was I, wasn't, I wasn't making any money so mm. there, there were things i had to sort of sacrifice or not do because there's only so much you can do um but that's absolutely fine when you're bootstrapping into something, which is what you're doing, what, what I did 10 years ago. It's okay to start small and not like put loads of investment up front because you don't know if it's gonna work and mm. you don't wanna spend all that cash um, if, if you're not gonna make it happen. I mean, one of the nice things about podcasting is you can um, sell this gear, right? I mean, I won't pick up my microphone, but this one was um, quite expensive. It was about a hundred quid, which yeah, I think yeah. is quite, quite expensive. Um, and I always thought, well, if I kind of 
if the steam runs out because they say the classic is that people do seven episodes for a new podcast and then give up <laughs> so i thought oh well if i get to seven then i'll i'll just sell it all <laughs> or i might just keep it because i love all this kind of gear because it's like reminds me of my radio days running around birmingham <laughs> and interviewing people <laughs> well i'm glad you got past seven that's good <laughs> yeah 13 and i'm doing 26 i think for my first season nice nice yeah it's good <laughs> uh, is there any lessons you've you've learned about obviously there is uh building building creative boom i haven't uh, got a clue <laughs> <laughs> uh and what would you you give to say me who's trying to build up the podcast um and some something that's going to help the, hopefully help the community um yeah what tip tips for building a community um yeah i guess so yeah yeah okay um well first and foremost you need to know who you're talking to um you you kind of need with anything that you start you've got to be able to explain to someone down the pub what it is that it is within a sort of very short and sweet sentence so um it's like your value proposition isn't it that you the very first thing that somebody will read if they land on your freelance website mm -hmm. um the very thing that makes you the reason that would be something that people would engage with like a benefit, you know. So I kind of came up with celebrating, inspiring and supporting the creative community um, because that's kind of where I was coming at all those years ago. And that's tweaked, by the way, that's been refined over many years. It's not easy writing a value proposition by any stretch. And I'm constantly changing boomerangs as well. Um, well I, guess, I guess my one, hopefully, uh, I want to, what I've thought about in the last couple of years is probably that it's, um, so it's aimed towards younger people and trying to help younger people get into the get into the uh, industry. Give as much tips from people good. higher up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a good good thing. I mean, I've I've had a couple of friends start podcasts recently, and they've been very, um, you know, kind of generic. I guess they're just like, oh, it's just this. And I've just sort of suggested to them, could you be a bit more niche? Because there's quite a few podcasts coming out now, and. It, you know, people are looking for these kind of little hubs where they feel that they can belong. Um, one of the things that I've always found a bit frustrating about Creative Boom is that it's not very niche because it covers so many different creative disciplines. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to have just maybe done one for graphic designers or photographers. Um, and I did think about doing that at one point years ago, but yeah, obviously that would have been um, oh, sorry. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I switched off my my notifications. Do you do editing oh, no, I yourself? I didn't hear that. No. I'm removing it from the dock. There we go. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, us senials, eh? To be honest, I'll just keep it in. Uh, I'm all. I'm all about this. This sort of hiccups and keeping them in. <laughs> I was doing so well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like. I think that a really good way to look at it is, you know, like, let's say you're a graphic designer and you've got an online portfolio. A lot of the mistake, many people make the mistake with their, with their websites of um, just telling people what they do. So they might say, I'm Katie Cowan, I'm a graphic designer in Manchester. And if you're a potential client, you will have obviously have gone on somebody's website because you know they're a graphic designer, right? And that's the first thing they read. It's like, well, hang on. Why are you special? 
because I've just been on five other graphic designer websites looking for a freelance graphic designer to help with my business. What makes you special? Why should I sign up with you? So people kind of get to kind of they get to um, focused on what they do and the services they provide rather than thinking about the problem that they're solving for the potential client. So they could instead say something like, um, <laughs> thinking of thinking at the top of my, I, I'm Katie Cowan. I help businesses to grow through, you know, through branding. I'm not a graphic designer, as you can tell through branding identity and whatever, or you, you've got to get straight to the reason why you help people and you make a difference. So if you're running a podcast and you're writing that if you're if you're launching a podcast and you're writing that introduction, you know, that description that you have to put in that Apple podcasts and Spotify have in the intro. You've got to think in that first sentence, how can I entice the people? And also you've got to talk to them. I see a lot of people writing on um, their about pages in the third person. And that's that's fine. And that might suit their kind of way they're hoping to grow their business. But. I, I think it's more personal. If you are a freelancer and you're making it very obvious that it's just you, why not write and say, hi, I'm Katie Cowan. I'm a graphic designer and I've been working in this industry that I love for 20 years. I've worked with people like the BBC, Manchester United Football Club or whatever. And I love seeing my clients grow and succeed because of the uh, hard work and, and expertise that I've added to their marketing mix or whatever. And have a really nice photograph of, of yourself on there. It's just, you know, you've got to remember you're going to be talking directly and dealing with people. And business, the key, the success and the, and the secret of good business is that business is about people. No more, no less. The reason why people might win a project over another person is because they like that person or they were recommended through somebody else. So no matter how much technology we've got um, and how much... Um, we read elsewhere, it really comes down to being able to describe who you are and what you do and how you benefit that person immediately. So yeah. if you want to build if you want to build a community, the first thing to do, if you want to attract clients as well, the first thing you need to do is think about who are my clients, what do they need, what's their problem? For me, Creative Boom, my audience are artists, graphic designers, illustrators and photographers, animators and filmmakers, people who work for themselves or people who work in the creative industries or people who work in-house or run agencies themselves because they've since grown from being a freelancer. And I try and create a, a magazine and podcast that answers to all of the things that may they may face on a regular basis, whether it's finances, um, running a business, growing a business, dealing with clients, um, anything and everything and it can run away from itself so you have to kind of try and remember to bring it back down to this one little thing this value proposition what am I about and and who am I speaking to and how am I sort of making their life more amazing yeah that's really good <laughs> and so for so for, I can bring it back to me again um for the podcast you to get the those people, the younger designers interested in it, would I be 
obviously communicating with them on social media, um, talking to them, asking them what questions they want answered, that sort of thing? Or how do I get them to come to the podcast, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, so like marketing people to your community or your website. Um, I think you use keywords wherever you can. And you um, obviously kind of immediately speak to them. So if you have a Twitter account, if, if you know, it's simple things like writing your bio and making it consistent across your Twitter, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, if you're on there as well. And then having that same sort of, you know, one sentence on the introduction to your podcast too. And then say if you want to build that audience on Twitter, you obviously just start talking to young people. You start like following all the universities, all the colleges, make friends with like lecturers. There's so many lecturers on Twitter and they're always looking for free resources and helpful things for their students. Um, you could start a hashtag. You could like get behind a really kind of positive cause because at the moment there are so many students who are worried about their courses because obviously they can't actually go to university so you could you could start something really powerful and say you know let's put together this amazing free list of resources for students who are struggling at the moment and who are not really sure what's happening next and there's so much of that happening by the way you could start a slack room you know that's going to be done now, is it? <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> yeah, you should do do a creative waffle because honestly, it's it. People more than ever not. I've not seen this since the global recession. People more than ever need to connect and talk yeah. to other people in similar boats. And if you can be part of that and show that you care, which you do, because you wouldn't do put all this time and effort into doing this podcast, then you know people are going to support you and tell other people about you for many years to come one of the really interesting things about the creative boom podcast was when it launched it launched with six episodes and it launched with a couple of really big names um but there was also one episode with um, a couple of students who just graduated from salford university jay and yaz um i think they're episode number five and they were so convinced that because there were so many big names they weren't going to have the the most downloads. And in fact, they had the most downloads. And I'll tell you why. Because, not because those big names aren't brilliant and wonderful and we should all listen to them. Um, (laughs) They were just, they were popular because there are so many young people out there who really kind of found that their story and that episode so amazing and it really lifted their spirits. Because create, the thing about Creative Boom, which frustrates me and is also wonderful at the same time, is that we do have a big audience now. And yes, it is well known, which is, which is wonderful and baffling to me, frankly, but it is wonderful. However, it means sometimes that people might think that because they aren't a big name or haven't got loads of success or years of experience behind them yet, that they can't be featured on there. Or why would they sort of be interviewed for a, podcast episode or something silly like mm. that maybe i'm just overthinking this no no i, th- I, th- I was thinking the same thing yeah later on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i worry that it doesn't have that same kind of you know feel like it did 10 years ago when we just shared everybody's work you know there, there's the thing about creative boom is that it's never been or never tried to be um elite or 
exclusive. Such or, a funny word, that elite. elite. It's silly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's all subjective anyway. Um, I, you know how like they say, you should always be patient with learner drivers on the road if you see them and hold back and let yeah. them learn because we were all in that boat once and we should always remember that. You see, that's how I feel Creative Boom is. You know, I put somebody's work up and it's not to the same standard as somebody who's done it for 30 years. It doesn't matter. It's still wonderful. Mm. It's still great. You know, just because it hasn't got like somebody who's dead famous who's done it doesn't mean it's any worse or any better. It's just it's somebody's work and you're getting to sort of write about them and help them, hopefully. Um, so Jay and Yaz were super popular because I think that's another problem, I think, with the design industry. We have spent, la you know, the creative community, sorry. The last 10 years, we've had all this stuff happening online loads of social media and you can ask anybody in the creative industries how they feel about Instagram sometimes and you know that it has almost got to a um, point where we're all kind of a little bit fed up with seeing fantastic and perfect all the time and what we want to see is authenticity mm, absolutely real and we want to we want to see things that we feel we can relate to, because we are often in the same boat, and it just makes us feel warmer and cuddlier, and we we kind of we don't freak out that we're rubbish and we're never going to make anything of ourselves, you know that kind of thing. So, Jay and Yaz were the most pe popular episode when we launched Creative Boom. That's really podcast. cool. Too. Yeah, because and and they were great. They're fantastic. They haven't got years of experience behind them yet, but they've certainly got plenty of value to give. And and now on, it doesn't surprise me. Yaz is now on the Creative Beam chat in the uh, student room, telling all these lovely students that everything's going to be all right. Um, nice. Doesn't surprise me. She's great like that. So, and she started a podcast as well. What's it called? Proper Talk. It's brilliant. They just talk about their lives and the things that they're going through, which is really, really interesting because, oh, nice. yeah, it's different time to when I graduated and it's just great to get that perspective. So give it a listen, see what you think. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, that's, that's been that's fantastic and that's, uh, that's really helped me. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we've had this chat because uh, it's sort of, every time I have this sort of, sort of chat with someone that's like 10 years ahead, or well, more than ten years ahead, like for for creative poem's sake. But um, giving advice like this, like to to young younger people, uh, it's it's fantastic, and it's really sort of sparked something inside me. So uh, I'm sure I'll be trying other things. I did try a Discord group once, but um, I, I just sort of lost it. <laughs> just sort of gave up on it along the way. But what discourse? Yeah, Discord. Oh, Discord. Yeah, yeah. Have I been but, calling it discourse, and it's it's actually called Discord? Uh, maybe. See, I, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> but, uh, I, don't think I can learn it. from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Slack's more used in the crate. I don't know. Maybe I'm making stuff up. Anyway, we'll play around. Slack's great. Yeah. yeah. Play around. Try try Slack, and then if there's an appetite for it, and you feel like you can do something a bit more permanent, again, it's that bootstrap thinking. Try small, see what happens, and then you can always upgrade later, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. I probably I was probably going into it with the wrong 
our intentions as well of trying to make it more about the podcast rather than helping the community as well which is yeah anyway oh, no, lots of internal I, thinking I don't <laughs> think I don't think there's anything to feel guilty about we've all got to kind of think about our livelihoods and um building building something new is is you know it's great it's positive you, you can you can do something that helps you financially and is also altruistic I mean I've yeah. I'm, I'm proof of that it's great I'm doing something I love for a living I've come full circle from radio and now I'm sort of you know I've done PR and I've done various things and now here I am podcasting again and it's fantastic and I've somehow <laughs> through all the hard work and trust me it's been hard and I've made lots of mistakes but it's been so fun and I've learned so many skills and met so many great people I have to say that nothing you do is ever wasted ever and if something isn't working now don't worry because you will you are smarter than you think you are you will figure out the next steps and it will lead on to something amazing it's top, top advice that like that um there's a couple of questions i'd like to ask everyone at the end of the podcast and we've also got uh, two questions from uh, people that listen to your podcast as well oh great uh, which is wow. awesome we'll start with Surreal. those Real. <laughs> this is a question from damien graham Hi, uh, questions for Katie. Uh, what tips would you give older creatives who want to still remain within the design industry and uh, not retire, inverted commas, uh, towards lecturing? It's uh, Damien Graham from uh, St. Lee Creative. Okay, so what did he say? He said he wanted to see what advice I could give to older creatives who didn't want to retire or go into lecturing. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Why doesn't he, why doesn't he write a book or maybe start a blog and share some of the things that he's learned over the years hell even do a podcast i mean i'm encouraging everyone to do podcasts at the moment because they're just such great fun and you don't need to spend a lot on the equipment you can get going quite cheaply um and then maybe write a book write the book i bet he's always thought about writing a book yeah. so you've got plenty of time on your hands now damien so you've got no excuse write a book doesn't matter if it doesn't get published it'll keep you busy and you'll probably learn something new from it and you'll probably really enjoy designing the front cover and the layouts and all <laughs> this kind of stuff and if your blog becomes successful you could almost give it away couldn't you as a free pdf download and then build up this really nice community he could call himself the retired designer <gasps> i wonder if that's available on twitter that'd be there so amazing and also damien join the creative boom chat forum <laughs> it's free and i'm sure loads of people would benefit from your wisdom and experience how's that go. is that all right that's a great answer yeah <laughs> i'm expecting a book now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so am i we gotta hold on to it uh the next one comes from uh, louise okay. hello katie and mark hope you're having a wonderful day so, I've always been fascinated by the way in which children's books can spark imagination and creativity from such a young age. So my question to you both is, what is your favourite book from your childhood? Mine has to be Polar Bellero by Debbie Cleori because I just loved polar bears. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a great question. I know Louise, I met her for the first time a couple of weeks ago when we were still able to see each other. Um, she's so lovely. <laughs> She's part of that lovely crew from Salford University. I think that's the same Louise. Anyway, yeah, she's, I've been mentioning like... her about it and she's, she's looking in contact with you. Yeah, so that's good. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Favourite children's book has to be The Tiger That Came For Tea. 
ca- uh, the tiger that came to tea. I think um, Judith yeah. Kerr, is it? Yeah. And um, I loved it because it was kind of bittersweet. I love the illustrations um, and just, it it was just magical. It just made me feel really kind of, oh, I don't know. Like it gives a hint of what's to come as being an adult. So there's the kind of reality, but then it kind of brings you back with this warm comfort that family is always there does that make sense i don't want to ruin it for anyone yeah, there's yeah, a tiger that comes for tea <laughs> he eats all of the food and all of the liquid that's available in the house and it's a bit old-fashioned but it's you know of its time it's lovely and daddy comes home and they say oh we weren't able to make you any dinner um, because the tiger came for tea and he ate everything <laughs> he ate everything every single thing in the house and dad just says very sensibly oh i don't know let's go to the local cafe and have some sausage and mash or whatever it is and it's just it's just lovely and it makes me cry every time i read it <laughs> <laughs> nice that's a good choice i like uh the biff and chip books are always good remember those? what what biff and chip yeah uh, yes there we go. gosh yeah. i've forgotten all about those <laughs> yeah oh. i think they're my favorite ones i'm trying to think of any others but no. Magic Faraway Tree with uh, Enid Blyton. Somebody was telling me they're a bit um, controversial now. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm allowed to see, even say that. But again, it's like all the nursery rhymes, isn't it? They're a bit controversial. <laughs> yeah. I always like Roald Dahl. Um, he, oh, he, yeah, the illustrations in, in his um, books were amazing. Um, but yeah, I think. I think I was constantly reading as a child. And then there was another favourite book that I always hid under my pillow. And I can't remember what it was called. I think it was The Young Person's Guide to Being Green. And it had loads of really lovely tips in there, like switch off the tap when you're brushing your teeth. And this, you know, bearing in mind, this was like the um, mid 80s, maybe late 80s. So and those things, all those tips in that book have stayed with me my whole life. And I still observe them now. I cannot leave, obviously cannot leave a tap running and try and do my bit for the planet. Nice. Um, but yeah, the children's books are amazing, aren't they? They just stay with you. Yeah. And yeah. then you might see if you might see an illustration and then you get that kind of like, do you know, you get that like little fuzziness in your nose at the end of your nose. And then you get this <laughs> nostalgia that just sweeps over you and it's just gorgeous. And you're like, oh, yeah. love it. Yeah, no, I've been having that with uh, football cards recently, sports cards, um, sort of the nostalgia factor. I mean, I'm only 21, but <laughs> you still get nostalgia from a childhood. It's like playing old games and stuff. Uh, it's good. It's good. That's great. We used to do card swapping, but um, like with kind of popular things at the time, like strawberry shortcake and Rainbow Bright. I think Rainbow Bright had a kind of because you collected the stickers and then put them in this like book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what oh. we had. We Strawberry didn't have iPads. Cake. Strawberry shortcake, yeah. I had the little toy and her little dog, you scratched it and it smelled of strawberries. I've never heard of it, fair enough. Different time. <laughs> and Rainbow Bright as well. You don't didn't re- remember Rainbow Bright? Oh nope. dear. Alright. Oh. I know what you're Well I was into Lego. Stuff. I was I liked oh, Lego, Lego and things Can't like go wrong. that. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Lego. Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> 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 I wasn't allowed a Spider-Man costume. Why? 
you'd get one now. This is the best thing about being an adult. You just buy everything you didn't have when you were a child. I've never thought about that. I've never actually gone, I could just go and buy myself. A... Do you know what? When Glastonbury happens next year, and if yeah. I get a chance to go, Spider -Man. I'm going to get myself, oh yeah, I'm going to get myself a Spider-Man costume and just go around. I'll have to do a bit of working out beforehand and make sure I'm, you know, a bit more bendy than I am now. So I can just, you know, get into character and leap off bins and things. That's funny. Yeah, I want to see that. That's good. Uh, Talking, like, so this might be the answer in a couple of years' time. But what is the uh, your best purchase under a hundred pounds? <laughs> oh my goodness me! Best purchase under a hundred pounds. That is such a good question. What in general, like for the house or for work? Any, or... Anything. Yeah. Anything. anything. At all? <laughs> like, I, I can't think of anything. I don't really buy a lot. Um... That's a good thing, though. I mean, you're content. Yeah. I did buy something recently and I, I said to my husband, Tom, this is the best thing I've ever bought. And I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I genuinely, I don't buy a lot. Um, I buy books. So I like buying books and I'll buy art. In fact, I've run out of space now in my house to um, put any more pictures up. I mean, I know I've got a little bit here, but it would ruin <laughs> the aesthetic of the room. I don't want to go crazy. Um, uh, I'm trying to think gosh oh isn't it annoying I listen to podcasts when somebody's like doing this and I'm like oh for god's sake just say anything <laughs> <laughs> I bought oh I tell you what I got I bought um, one of those Kadak chefs they're like um, they're like a gas barbecue but they're also kind of like a gas hob okay. they, they come in these little bags and so you can take them anywhere you can take them to the beach with you and you just hook in, hook in um, a gas canister and you can fr you can make a stew on there. You can do a barbecue with a grill or you can just boil your kettle because I'm a big camper, you see. So uh, okay. mm, that nice. was a great purchase. Yeah. There you go. I didn't expect yeah. that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, the last three questions was go a little bit deeper um, in, oh. in the questionings. But uh, do you have any, do you have any life uh, advice? <laughs> Do you have any uh, final life advice uh, to leave the listeners? Life advice. Um, I can only share what I've been through and learned recently. And that is to remember that you're human. And to um, not give yourself such a hard time. And remember that everybody, everybody, even that kind of amazing artist or designer that you admire from afar everybody is the same if you've had a negative encounter on twitter with someone who's a bit of a can i swear on this yeah 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 <laughs> so if you've had a negative encounter with a bit of a dick on twitter you class it, swearing. <laughs> all right okay <laughs> and you kind of think god what is wrong with these people and if you're like me and go why is the world so cruel why can't people just be nice why is it that there are so many mean people um and then kind of go into a kind of downward spiral which is just ridiculous but you know and I hope, by the way, that by sharing that, anybody who's listening to this will know that, oh, okay, so you get to 41 and you still have those moments. Brilliant. That makes me feel better. I'm normal. I'm human. I've got something to share with you. You are human. So am I. We are all normal. We all go through exactly the same things. We have the exact same insecurities. doesn't matter if you're really famous or if it looks like you've got it all together. 
We all have our ups and downs. Everything is normal. So the, the piece of life advice I would give would be tell yourself on a regular basis that you're okay and you're doing great and give yourself moments to just relax and accept that things aren't always going to be perfect. And you know what? Per imperfection is beautiful. Just do what you can. Don't put pressure on yourself to be perfect. Relax. You've got this. You're doing brilliantly. Write down three things if you can bring yourself to do that, because I know we're British and we find stuff like that sometimes a little bit intolerable, but do it. Write down three things, stick it on your bathroom mirror. So when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you remind yourself and it can be anything. It can be like, I am beautiful. I am kind. I am doing a great thing, whatever that might be. I, I haven't actually got it written down. I just say it out loud to myself as I'm sort of making my cup of tea in the morning. I'm great. Today's going to be good. I'm doing a good job. I'm doing loads of good in the world. I'm a kind person. And Katie, make sure you have a break today and get out in the sunshine because you deserve it. You're an amazing person. Nice. It's actually a lovely day outside as well. It's just good. <laughs> it is. It's gorgeous. I mean, I'm going to go and sit out in the garden this afternoon and have a cup of tea and just have the sunshine on my face. And I'm trying, <laughs> trying not to think about the world falling apart. And well, that's the thing. I it's might... been really tricky, isn't it? It's been tricky to feel... I feel like we can't go outside and, and it's been really tricky to just not go outside because it's all nice and sunny. <laughs> it is. I think you are still at this stage allowed to go out if it's for exercise. Um, and as long as you kind of keep two, two metres away from everybody else, I think that's perfectly fine. I shouldn't feel, I shouldn't worry about anybody that, that's out there that's maybe doing a bit of guilt shaming because you are allowed to go out and get some fresh air and exercise at the moment. So I would do that and take advantage of that whilst you still can. What a mad time. What a mad it's time. flipping weird. Can't go outside. I'm going to do <laughs> yoga in the garden today. I've decided. Nice. I don't normally do yoga. I'm going to get changed whilst it's still warm and I've still got the sun on the courtyard back here in Manchester. And I'm going to do some bendy stretches. And I couldn't give a stuff how ridiculous I look, which is one nice offshoot of all of this, isn't it? I've realised I just don't care anymore. Exactly. It's brilliant. Okay, yeah. Oh, what's Great. that? Is someone coming? No, no, I, th I thought I heard. <laughs> I thought I heard the door, I thought I heard the, wind, uh, the, uh, the door crack, but I don't think it did. Oh, um, oh. which is which is good. But <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, the last question: uh, How do you want to be remembered? <sighs> well, that's a bit somber, be, given the current. current <laughs> could be sooner than. <laughs> you're gonna die. Um, I don't want to die. I want to stay. I want to live forever. Um, how do that. I want to be remembered? Do you, do you know, I've, I, I genuinely haven't <laughs> thought about this, but we all have our egos, don't we? And we all are motivated by that kind of, you know, what would be our legacy be? We all, we all have an ego. Yeah. I, I kind of think, quite honestly, one of the nice things about Creative Boom is that I get to hide behind other people. I get to sort of talk about their stories and I don't ever have to share mine, which is nice. <laughs> I can, on I can, podcast. Yeah, I make it more about them because I just I, and this isn't me putting myself down because whenever anybody says to me, why don't you come and do a talk or a podcast? I always say, why do you want to talk to me? I'm not that interesting, which is not me putting myself down at all. I genuinely think I'm not that interesting. I'm just 
purely want to do some good in the world and do what I love for a living. And I try and think, am I doing all this because I want to leave a legacy? Because it's something I ask in my podcasts because I'll think about it afterwards when they've said, oh, I want to I want to have left my mark on the world. Definitely. And I'm like, what's my legacy? Never really thought about it. I guess for me, my attitude to life has always been that I know this is not a dress rehearsal and that I'm not coming back. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't believe that there's anything after this. So I always just have this thing, this drive in me to make the most of it whilst we're here and try and be positive and try and be kind because kindness is all we have right and have a laugh not not take it seriously if I started saying what would be my legacy that would be oh my god Katie you really need to like have a check-in with your ego here you know taking life a bit too seriously here I mean really I just want to make it to 80 with very few health complaints you know very few health complaints I want to be one of those really daft old women that dyes her hair pink and wears really amazing colorful clothes and is known locally in her community as mad auntie Katie or something I that'd don't be know. cool wouldn't it yeah I want to be I want to be doing creative stuff and and doing stuff for the local community right up until I die so if if I'm going to have a legacy, I want people to ne- remember me as somebody that was fun and kind. Mm. And, that, and that's kind of it. Just just want to like, yeah, just be known nice. as somebody who gave a shit and had fun along the way. Not and wasn't a misery guts, you know, bringing everyone down. Just somebody who lived life to the full, I guess. Nice. You're smashing it. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, I'm uh, thank you very much. I don't always get it right. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for this. It's, it's been a pleasure, Thanks. and um, yeah, sorry I've taken up so much of your time. And uh, no, where can people fine. find you on social media? Where can people ch- check out Creative Boom? Thank you so and much. Podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Take care and check in with me if you need to chat. Now, where, where can people find out the podcast? Where can people check in with you? Oh, the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's sorry. <laughs> It's dead easy. It's um, see, this is the thing. This is why I'm I'm rubbish at self promotion. Um, the podcast <laughs> is creativeboom.com forward slash podcast. Nice. And uh, what about your own social media handles? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, if you want to follow me on on social media, it's dead easy. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at Katie with a Y K A T Y L for Louise. Cowan or lunatic whichever one you want to <laughs> Katie L Cowan nice. and then if you want to follow creative boom it's really simple twitter creative boom or instagram creative boom mag awesome there you go thank you very much <laughs> thank you thanks have a nice day make sure you get some sunshine yeah <laughs> that's it the podcast is done Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for checking this podcast out. I really hope you did enjoy it. And if you did, leave a like, subscribe, uh, review on iTunes. would be amazing. Apple Podcasts. uh, It really does help get the podcast up there and get it out to more people. As I mentioned at the start, creativewaffle.club. It's the new platform for young creatives out there. Uh, We're going to be building a massive library of of topics and uh, blog posts and just knowledge. It's going to be 
well, will be in the future, a fantastic uh, resource. And it still is right now. I mean, it's building, but join the journey. Uh, come along, check it out, creativewaffle.club. Sign up for the newsletter and you'll be entered into the latest competition, uh, the giveaway, book giveaway. And there you go. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, creativewaffle.club. I'll see you in another episode of the podcast. Thank you.